Perfect? Bang on my chest if you think I'm perfect. Go ahead, bang on it. No heart? You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. This is Patchwork Heart Ministries Young Catholics Respond, brought to you by Breadbox Media. Now, here's your host, Bill Snyder. Thanks, Adam, and welcome to the program, everybody. I am Bill Snyder. This is Young Catholics Respond, and it is a pleasure to have you joining us no matter where you're listening from. Uh, today, thank you for tuning in, whether you're listening on the radio, listening on a podcast, and even YouTube. Uh, thanks for being here. And I just want to uh, mention real quick before we bring our guest on today that uh, we really do encourage you to head over to our Patreon site and uh, support our premium content. You know, both... Uh, Fiat Ministry Network and Patrick Hart Ministry are teaming together to bring to you some of the best uh, premium content that uh, you cannot get anywhere else. Uh, we have a audio subscription series right now that's available. It's a 38-part study of the entire Catechism of the Catholic Church by John Curry Sr. Uh, to get access to that, it's only $10 a month. That's called Hear Your Faith. The other tier that I want to let you know about is the premium video, and that is $25 a month. You're going to get a personal mission delivered to you uh, each and every month from a different Catholic speaker, uh, three three videos, three full-length videos on a singular topic, challenging you to live your faith uh, with the vigor and abundance. So uh, please head over to our Patreon. It's very easy, patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry. Uh, and today my guest on the program is Matt Allner. Uh, he is uh, he or he married his wife Jessica in 2000, and they have three incredible children. Uh, he, he has 17 years of uh, experience in public education as a science teacher, and five as an adjunct assistant professor at the graduate school level. He has worked extensively as a research assist uh, research scientist since 2005, where uh, he worked in the area of space psychology, specifically developing original research in the areas of, uh, of psychological issues for consideration for long-duration spaceflight. During his time, he also worked both at the national and international level, levels to improve, encourage STEM education and student outreach engagement programs. Along with providing suggestions for group dynamic development, Matt has worked in both the educational and medical device sales and was a volunteer rescue diver for training officer for the Land Dive Rescue Team for three years. He has spent countless hours invested in community service, public outreach, dating back to when he was in middle school and has 27 years of youth coaching experience. He is a Catholic speaker uh, and has an incredible heart for the people and young people in the church today. So uh, thank you, Matt, for joining me on Young Catholics Respond. Uh, it's a great to have you on as a guest, man. Awesome. Thanks, Bill. I appreciate you. Yeah. Appreciate you having me, um, and I I do want to correct something. It's not your fault. It's mine. It's an, it's an update error on my website. But we have four children now. We uh, recently, back in September, had our our fourth, and what we believe is final. But we thought we were done with three, and we God laughed at our plans. So anyway, <laughs> we have uh, four children now. We have a seven month old. Um, her name is Charlotte, and she's just uh, she's just beautiful. So oh my gosh, God bless you, man. Uh, that is amazing. You know, God is always good and full of surprises, right? Yes, he is. He surprised uh, he surprised uh, Mary's cousin Elizabeth and her husband with uh, with a child when they were too old to have one, and uh, 
we've reflected on that a lot with, with, uh, with Charlotte and, you know, some of our friends are like, most of our friends only have two kids. Some have three, but they're just, you know, I know they're looking at us like, what are you guys doing? I'm like, just following God. It's beautiful. You know, it's just, you know, letting his plan be the plan instead of trying to plan everything all the time. So it's been great. Amen. Amen. That's, that's so beautiful. Uh, and, and real witness to our faith. And speaking of faith, Matt, I want to, uh, get to know your story. You know, your bio is, is wonderful. Um, and you've got a lot of amazing, uh, experience, uh, but I want to know how you came to know Jesus and, and, and what that was like for you. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. It's funny. I've been asked that a, a few times, um, on some, some talks, uh, talk shows I've been on before, and um, I'm going to answer it the same exact way as I remember I answered it then. And I'm going to start with almost a bit of an apology because I know I know that uh, Christian speakers, Catholic speakers, you know, our, our goal should be to move people towards a relationship with Christ. I mean, you, you hear the, the Christian non-denominational communities, that's their branding message all the time. Catholics tend to use it, um, I, I think, more often these days than, than the cradle Catholics that, you know, the way we grew up, we, we didn't hear relationships with Jesus. We just hear, you know, go to church. You know, that was kind of right. what we heard. But uh, um, interestingly, my relationship with Jesus came very late in life, but my relationship with God came very early. And I, um, when I started hearing about, you know, you got to have a relationship with Jesus, I, I, I was in my 20s, and I, the first time I started hearing that, and I thought to myself, I don't know if I really have a relationship with Jesus. I mean, I, I pray to him on the cross. I see him. I mean, I know the story of how he suffered. I understand he was a son of God. I mean, I understand all these parts of his, his journey and his life, but my relationship was never with him. It was with God. And I, I, I had some, I had guilt for a long time. It was like, is something wrong? Am I, am I, am I, you know, anti-Christian if I don't have this strong burning relationship with Jesus. But as I've matured, in my faith. And then as I've become a speaker, you know, I've been exposed to more and more information. I've heard more talks. I've heard other people, what I've really come to believe. And I've heard Jesus say this over and over. He said this to the disciples, um, right before he parted, you know, you know, they kept asking, when will you see, you know, he said, if you, if you know me, you know, my father, because they, they asked him, you know, how will we know if we've seen him, you know, how will we know? And he's like, well, you've seen me, you've seen the father. And they didn't understand. I mean, mm-hmm. even though they had heard he was a son of God, they didn't understand he was one and the same. So, so essentially Jesus's work wasn't so that people would worship him. It was so that they would know the father and his relationship and love for the father. Cause he ultimately was the father in the flesh. So anyway, there, there, there's a lot of that disconnect, I think in, in our faith sometimes as people see, even though they are separate entities, they are still one and the same. And so ultimately, I I feel very blessed because this relationship I started the show with saying I had this relationship with God long before I ever really knew Jesus. I, I knew who he was before I knew him personally. Um, it started when I was seven. Mm. And, and it was very, very strong. And it was very, very early. And I thought it was very normal. I thought everybody else in church was feeling the same way I was feeling but it was all very private and everyone was having their own interaction with God. And it wasn't until I started speaking four years ago, my mom heard one of my talks and I was talking about this and she came up to me afterwards and she said, you never told me that he started speaking to you when you were seven. I said, I know I've told you everything about my life, but I haven't shared that. Have I? She's like, why? And I said, well, because to be honest, I always thought everybody experienced the same thing and just, 
I just, I don't know. It was just, it just felt, it felt more private. Like it didn't need to be shared that our guy was always distracting me at the moment. I would think of sharing it. So, um, it was a very special thing and I felt him very pleased with the fact that I loved going to church. Um, and I loved going to church simply because I loved being an altar server. I, I was always striving for perfection during the mass, never making mistakes. And so that striving to be perfect in his home, I think just pleased him. I mean, I felt, I felt him pleased with the fact that I was there trying to be so perfect and, and to just embrace what the mass was about. And I felt that presence very strong at a young age, just like you feel your parents are pleased when you've done something really good or, or help somebody or come to someone's rescue or just, you know, did something real kind and is the same feeling. Mm -hmm. And so that just grew and matured through my life. And then I felt him, he, he gave me visions of being on an athletic platform where I would be a role model for young people. And soon enough, I landed on that platform and that platform stayed for a long time. But then he used that platform and pushed me. And I had to go through some, some pretty tough persecutions through college playing baseball, mm -hmm. um, dealing with a, a few leadership issues with, um, uh, with my coach who was also a fellow Catholic. Um, and, um, and I was kind of at a place where I didn't understand, you know, I, I'd been on this platform, things had been going great, had a successful career. I was looking at playing professional baseball and then all of a sudden, boom, just like that, the rug got pulled out from underneath me because of, of the right thing that I knew God was asking me to do. And there was a suffering that came with that. So, you know, you kind of go through some of these things, but I never abandoned God. I mean, my relationship just got stronger and I got closer to him, but on the human side, you know, you got that pain and suffering and that frustration and that kind of just that lack of understanding where God's going with the plan, because you can't, you can't always see that far down the road and what he knows is coming. So. Yeah. What a, what a, what a beautiful witness. What a beautiful testimony, Matt. Um, you know, for, for you to recognize that, that God came in early and then you've just been faithful to that. And I, and I love what you said about, you know, you recognize God early, but uh, Jesus maybe came a little bit later. And, and, and I, and I, and I think you're, you really spoke, uh, you know, maybe something even prophetic because uh, there's a lot of people out there, I think, a lot of young Catholics th that are out there that, that maybe have that same guilt that, that you did. Like, okay, why aren't I feeling, uh, you know, this relationship that I'm supposed to have with Jesus um, that everybody talks about? And how do I overcome that even if I believe in God and even if I have a strong relationship with God, uh, but I just don't understand that person of Jesus. Um, and so, and so I, I want to ask you a little bit how, um, you know, in how do young people, how can young people overcome that, that insecurity that they might, that they might have? Uh, how, how do you get to know Jesus better when you only know, um, you know, and believe in God, you know, what, what is the next step, uh, to, to that? You know, you didn't tell me you're going to ask me hard questions on this show. Come <laughs> on now. I, I had a, I had a found a house to paint or something else to do around <laughs> my house today. Um, no, that's a great question. It, it, and it's a very, very fair question. You know, and I think, I think the fairest way to answer it is first of all, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be very different for, um, it's going to be di very different for everybody. Um, how God reaches us, how, how Jesus comes into our lives. It's, it's when the, when the time is right. And some people have to go through enormous struggles to find Jesus. You know, they got to get to that deep, dark place through an addiction. Sometimes uh, struggle, loss of a loved one. There's all sorts of things. I mean, the coronavirus I'm sure is bringing a lot mm -hmm. of people 
um, closer to God and some people probably even pushing them further away, depending on how they're responding to it. But, um, you know, I think, I think the, the biggest thing people can do is if they, you know, if they want to believe in Jesus and have a relationship and it's, it's very true to their heart, it's very dear to their heart to have that. And they believe in God is stay faithful to your faith. Um, and, uh, I don't know if there'll be some opportunity later on in the talk to get into some of this a little bit. Um, but we have to be very careful, especially as Catholics, um, uh, in, in any church, it's not just Catholics, but Catholics tend to take center stage in the news for this all the time with all the abuse scandals. But we have to be very careful as Catholics with our faith to not run away from the faith because of, of the, uh, the lack of leadership of the humans that are, you know, being put in these positions in the, within the church and their failures. Um, it doesn't mean that, you know, it, it, you know, there's forgiveness and then there's abuse. Um, it doesn't mean we have to continue to let ourselves be in situations where there might be some form of abuse, but we still have to forgive. Um, these are topics that I've spent a lot of time explaining to young people um, because people can't forgive. They have enslaved themselves. Um, they, they don't let themselves love. They don't let themselves trust. And really, I think that starts to close your heart up to Jesus. And that's why there's a struggle, I think, in a lot of ways for a lot of young people to have that relationship with Jesus because they're, you know, they want to open their heart. But the world and the experiences they've had have shown them that every time they open it up, it's, they're going to get hurt. And they have to they have to kind of balance between that. And really, it, it just to me, I found this. I figured this out as a teacher. You know, I, I figured out why so many of my kids were struggling in, in addictions and, in, um, you know, sexual drugs, alcohol, all sorts of things. They were struggling because of trauma and that trauma had caused damage. And because of it, they had become mean, they'd become verbal, they'd become aggressive, but it was really just a protection protection mechanism. They're just trying to protect themselves. And that was their way of, you know, if, they, if they're a scary person, people will stay away. Um, and then they can pick and choose who they want to let in and get close to them. It's, you know, how gangs are and, you know, a lot of, mm -hmm. you know, you see a lot of that stuff and I saw it in my teaching career. So I, I think one of the, the things that's really made it hard for young people to get that closer re relationship to Jesus that they're looking for, and they're probably not even aware is just this, this concept of, of trust, forgiveness, um, and, and maybe a, a pattern of abuse they're trying to avoid. And, um, and that's, you know, a message I've been very, very strong about in working with youth. So good, Matt. Uh, so, so good. Uh, we have to take a short break here on Young Catholics Respond. When we come back, we want to continue talking with you. You just got so much wisdom and, and such a beautiful heart for the young church, uh, for young people in general. So, uh, everyone listening, just stay tuned right where you are, no matter where you're listening, uh, radio podcasts, uh, stay tuned right here on Patrick Hart Radio. I'm Bill Snyder. We'll return in just a moment with Matt Alt. Patchwork Heart Ministry is committed to sowing hope into broken hearts by helping young people encounter the love of Jesus Christ and His Catholic Church through prayer, storytelling, and media initiatives. We invite you to prayerfully consider supporting this mission financially. Mail your tax-deductible donation to Patchwork Heart Ministry at P.O. Box 563 Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, zip code 53147 or visit patchworkheart.org to donate online. That's Patchwork Heart Ministry, P.O. Box 563, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, 53147, or online at patchworkheart.org. Hi, everybody. Bill Snyder here. Just want to thank you for listening to this episode of Young Catholics Respond. 
And as a founder of Patchwork Heart Ministry, we have so much more going on than just our podcasts. Check it out at patchworkheart.org. Your heart is always beating, but you never have to think about it. Welcome back to Young Catholics Respond. Once again, Bill Snyder. Hey everybody, welcome back here to Young Catholics Respond. I'm Bill Snyder, and today we have an amazing guest. His name is Matt Allner, and uh, he is a, a powerful Catholic speaker, has a real uh, heart for young people in the church, different uh, science projects, including like long-range uh, trips to outer space and stuff like that, all the psychological stuff that goes on uh, with astronauts. So he's got some amazing perspectives on the church, on the world, and um, I and I want to ask you, Matt. Uh, you left us off right before the break here, uh, talking about trust, forgiveness, uh, some really you know good topics for young people to kind of uh, grow in their faith and get closer to Jesus. So let's just talk a little bit more about that, if you don't mind. Just fill us in on how forgiveness and trust can move us forward in our faith lives. Well, that, yeah, it's a, it's just a it's a real slippery slope for a lot of people. And there's just, I think there's a lot of confusion because everyone tries to kind of figure it out on their own. And ultimately what you do when you're hurt is you, you build, you know, you build barriers around yourself, usually in the form of addictions in some way, shape or form, because you're trying to cope with in either a positive or a negative way with the situation. But a lot of young people I found over the years teaching, um, they really get hung up here at this point of forgiveness. It's like, they want to forgive, you know, the younger kids are, they're more like dogs. As they grow older, they become more like cats. You got to work a little harder for their infection. And, uh, mm-hmm. we're, you know, dogs just, you know, they love you no matter what you do to them. And, um, young children are more that way, but as they get older, they start to, you know, realize they don't want to be hurt anymore. And so their way of not letting themselves get hurt is to not forgive because in their minds, if, if, you know, if I have to forgive, let's just say an abuser, whether it's physical, psychological, doesn't matter, right? A bully doesn't matter. If I forgive them, I have to let them back into my life again. And I had a long conversation during a science lesson of all things with kids about this. Um, cause we were talking about the science of psychology and human interactions. And I said to them, how many of you think that forgiving somebody means you have to let them back in? And almost every hand in the classroom went up almost everyone, mm. except for the kids that weren't quite sure what the question was asking. And I said, why do you think you have to let them back in? And then they were kind of puzzled because in their, and I know what the answer is in their minds. That's what you do. If you forgive, you know, when you're little and your friend next door has a fight with you and they started it and you know, you forgive them, what do you eventually do? You let them back over, you start playing. Well, from the time kids are young, they're not taught to forgive, but then to stay away they're taught to forgive and then we have to get back together and start hanging out and doing things again. So there's a confusion as people get older into their, you know, teen years, their young adult years that when things like sexual abuse, things like, you know, verbal abuse, things like physical abuse start to take place in people's lives. If I forgive them, I have to let them back in. Well, if I do, I'm going to get abused again, most likely because it's a cycle. But the reality is, is you don't. And that's the confusion I found a lot of people have as you get older I've forgiven some people and then they just kind of wandered back around into my life. Like that forgiveness just gave them permission to come back in. And I'm like, what are you doing? Well, you forgave me. I'm a little confused. Aren't I invited? No, you're not. And there's this hesitation. I said, I forgave you because you deserve, you deserve to be forgiven. And I hope that you don't do to me what you did to me to anybody else moving forward. I hope that you've learned. 
because we're, we're done. We can't have this relationship. Amen. Anymore. It's not healthy. And you're going to do this again because this is your pattern. So, you know, then you have that. Now you, now you've, you've released yourself from that prison, that enslavement. You've, you've basically empowered yourself over the top of your abuser and you've potentially set up the situation to help them because now you're letting them make a choice with the next person they go or are going to go abuse. And maybe they'll think about how much they cared about you because deep down they do, but they just don't know how to communicate it. And it becomes that change. So, you know, Jesus calls us to forgive. And sometimes I wish in the Bible, it would have been a little bit more clear about, about the forgiveness, but we don't, we don't have to let people back in to trust them again. And, and, that that piece I think is so important as Christians and Catholics that we understand so that we can protect ourselves and respect ourselves, but also at the same time hopefully help free the abuser from their own cycle of abusing other people. So Yeah, what a what a great insight. And you know, you mentioned in there trust. Uh, you know, we that that you don't have to trust them again with with something, you know, your relationship or with whatever. But uh, but one part of trust is we do have to trust God. And and a lot of us uh Sometimes they even have to forgive, you know, ourselves or uh, we don't have to for- forgive God. I know people that think that they have to forgive God for for certain things. We hear we we hear that a lot. You know, I I'm angry at God, so now I have to forgive God. You know, um, how how do we move into that trust of God? You know, in, in all circumstances when when we're dealing with that. Man, again, I'm going to tell you, if I knew these questions were going to be so hard, I wouldn't have come on the show. Man, Bill, you're <laughs> drilling me here. No, that's that's a great. Great, great question. Um, you know, it's funny. I've, I've never felt like I've had to give God to give, um, you know, to give God, God a break. I've always felt like, you know, it's been me apologizing to him, um, and versus, you know, you know, giving him the forgiveness for the situation. Um, although I had one situation and it's the only one where, you know, and it was part of my journey to where I'm at now, um, uh, taking a huge leap of faith four years ago. I'd already answered the ministry call, but I was taking a leap of faith and jumping a huge career that, that could keep you know food on the table. And um, I was so fearful that what I knew God was asking me to do was going to fail. Mm. And not only was I going to be embarrassed and humiliated, but my family was going to suffer along with me because of my decision. I was so afraid of it that I told God, if if what he was telling me didn't happen and I got thrown to the curb and lost my house and lost my job and lost everything that I would never trust him again, but I would continue to worship, worship him. Ooh. And I, I had that hard conversation with him. And it was the funniest thing because I was getting these enormous feelings from him as I was having this two hour long conversation with him out on a golf course by myself. And in that time at that moment, I felt him kind of chuckle. <laughs> almost like that was a fair statement because I'm telling you to trust me. And obviously if I throw you to the street, that would be warranted. But I felt him chuckle and I said, I felt him tell me, I got this, go home to your family. Everything's going to be fine. And then the last thing he told me was, I'm going to bless you and your family financially more than you can ever imagine. Mm-hmm. And that was the last thing I remember him saying to me. And then I, you know, I had, I was at a golf course. I had two more holes to golf and I, it was unbelievable. I had this peace and calm come over me that I've never felt before. It was like all the worries that had been building up for months at work and the situation that was going on. I mean, they had hit a pinnacle and 
in a moment of having that conversation, it was all released. Now, some people might say you're very good at having conversations with yourself on a, on a golf course and, and Christians might jump all over it and go, wow, it's an amazing testimony. And you got, right. you know, you got two stories there, but ultimately how could I relieve myself of that kind of stress in a moment's time? I mean, most human beings can't do that. We can't make a decision that alleviates stress that we feel is life-threatening in a moment's notice. Usually it's a doctor or, you know, a rescuer, someone comes along to take that burden away from us. We, we don't provide that for ourselves. It's very, very rare. I, I can't think of any situations in my life where I provided that kind of de-stressor that fast. Mm. And so it was just an amazing feeling. And of course, coming home and trying to share that story with my wife, knowing she wasn't going to believe me because it sounds crazy, you know, <laughs> plus you're, you're at a low point, you're, you're stressed. It sounds like you're mentally losing it, you know, and I think that's the way God likes to set it up because what's that require everybody around you to have faith. They've got to believe in you one and two, they've also got to believe in God. And that's, that's been my favorite piece to kind of throw back at people is that when they doubt, I'm like, are you doubting me or are you doubting God? I'm a little confused. Yeah. Because I, t- I didn't tell you this is what I was going to do. I told you this is what God told me he was going to do. So where is your faith? You know, and it just kind of throws that card back on people and, and really it kind of self checks everybody. Where is our relationship with God? Do we really do, you know, most people it's comfortable to be faithful when times are good. It's hard to be faithful when times are bad. Well, the situation with coronavirus and, and, and the world, not just the country, if it hasn't tested everybody's root faith systems, whatever they might be, I don't know what, what, what has in my lifetime. I mean, I know in the last hundred years, there's been plenty of things to test faith, but in my 46 years of living, this has been big. I mean, this yep. is probably as, as big as it's been in a while. So yeah. it's a, it's a huge check. And so anyway, no, it's great. This is great stuff, Matt. Uh, as we're wrapping up the episode, I know I, I want to make sure that, uh, we, we promote your, uh, your ministry, your work, uh, your, your proud speaker on the Catholic speakers organization. Um, uh, and I know you have a couple of websites, so go ahead and just, uh, Leave us with uh, your websites and some information and maybe even uh, a few places where people can turn biblically to help them sort out what's going on in the world today. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate that, Bill. Um, I, I think the, the simplest place to turn people to, I do have two websites. I have a nonprofit called Patriots for Life. Um, it's pretty easy to find at www.patriotsforlife. That's with the number four uh, dot net. Um, that's a, uh, it's a nonprofit. We take in donations and from that, we're able to do a variety of things um, on the consulting side with my consulting business, which is called Leadership and Legacy. Uh, that website is uh, www.leadership uh, and with the, the word and legacy.net. Um, but what we're doing is we're, we're serving youth, whether we're doing public speaking engagements, whether we're doing school safety, security modeling, um, uh, discussions, planning with school districts on how to, you know, to eliminate not just lower the incidence of school shooting events doesn't matter what we're doing we use that money and it and it allows us to provide um the resources that we have to places that that need it but just don't have the money to do it um as far as you know a place to read you know we just came out of um the feast of the passover uh easter the resurrection i would really encourage people um god's pressed this on my heart for some time uh, for several months um, the story of Exodus and to really connect it with what's going on right now in the world. Um, you know, we've been asked to stay at home, stay at home orders have been in place around the world. Um, you know, it's people felt enslaved. They felt like 
at first they were willing to go because I was out of fear. And then after a while, I was like, okay, this is dragging on. I feel like I'm in prison. I'm stuck in my home. I can't leave, but you can. It's a choice. It, these orders are not laws. We have a right, especially in the United States, to do what we want, you know, what we want to do within the boundaries of the Constitution. But I really encourage people to read the story of Exodus, you know, how the how the Jews got themselves in the situation of being enslaved under Pharaoh's rule, how God came to Moses and spoke to him on how he was going to liberate them. He had to accept that call um, that God was asking him um, to do. He didn't, God didn't call everybody. He called one man. And this is important for people to understand is, you know, he, he calls everybody, but people just aren't ready or willing to answer the call. And Moses was, um, but just the, the beautiful story of how, um, you know, the plagues played out the 10th plague, the feast of the Passover, the blessing of the firstborn. I really encourage people to get into that and really connect with, with what's going on right now. Look at your own children. Look at your firstborn. Have you really dedicated them to God? And just just start letting God speak to you through that because he will. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. Um, thank you so much, Matt, for coming on today. I really appreciate you. Really appreciate all your, uh, all your wisdom and time uh, and I know we're going to have you back on the program. And so thank you so much for all, all you're doing out there for, for the kingdom of God. Thanks, Bill. I appreciate you having me on. All right. Well, this has been an episode of Young Catholics Respond. Until next time, from all of us here at Patchwork Art Ministry, I'm Bill Snyder. Keep beating to your Catholic heart. You've been listening to Young Catholics Respond, a radio initiative of Patchwork Heart Ministry. To learn more about our ministry and program, visit us at patchworkheart.org. Or to get exclusive access and early ministry updates, become our patron on Patreon by searching for Patchwork Heart Ministry.